0: Oh, yeah. Actually, we got to get started on this whole thing because Father Douglas Jeffers oh. brought me bread.
1: I know. Fresh
0: baked bread because he... I requested it. Yeah. And so I told him, he's like, are you ready for your bread? And I was like, oh, no, no. I have to enjoy it. So I'm going to go do this podcast thing and I'm going to come back and I'm going to sit and eat some bread.
1: All right. So uh, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Being Church podcast. I'm Tom. I'm Alisa. And... We have Deacon Henry Finch with us again, but on his final day at the parish officially,
2: right? That's right. That's right, Tom. Are you kind of sad? I am. I'm looking forward to going back to school only insofar as uh, the end is in sight. Mm-hmm. Looking yes. forward to finishing up this seven-year uh, seven year, seven year uh, process of priestly formation. Man. It's
0: less than a year you'll be a priest.
2: That's right. About 10 months, God willing. <gasps> God willing, they always add that.
0: I almost (laughs) yelled. I so I'm I'm kind of the last to know. Sometimes by design, with like my circle of friends. Why? Because I get too excited, and then I just (laughs) I yammer, and so I had no idea that the ordination was going to be at St. Louis.
1: Oh, it is.
2: That's right. That's what uh that's what no uh, yes, sir. That's what the Office of Worship has begun to publish. Oh, they announced
0: great. it at 11:30 mass and I almost like I was in the like the Oh, I was a lector. So I was in the first pew. <laughs> and I was like wicked exc- like oh my oh, gosh. Oh, that's
1: crazy. Awesome.
0: I've never been so I've only been to Father Jonathan Reyes ordination. Uh
1: I've never been to an ordination.
0: And oh, they Oh,
2: my goodness. I'm sure they're awesome.
0: And and to, for it to be here.
2: That's right. Uh, St. Louis used to be a common place for ordinations in the diocese, and then we got bigger, and our ordination classes, thanks be to God, got bigger, and so we had to start looking elsewhere. But it'll be great to have another ordination here at St. Louis. How many are in your class? Uh, it's just me. Just being ordained to you? Oh, dude, sweet. You get the church so, to yourself.
0: Wait a second. How do we get on the VIP list? Because still, there's going to be throngs of people.
2: Well, it's open to the public.
0: Oh, so you open mean to I, have to camp, I have to camp out? I have to bring my tent the night before. It's
2: like a new
1: iPhone. So <laughs> it's really interesting. I mean, I'm glad it's here. But it's interesting they're not doing it at St. William's.
2: Well, I think uh, they're doing the transitional diaconate ordination this year at, uh, at St. William's. Okay, so. gotcha. Seminary in Will. Yeah. Oh, so God I'm going to go
0: to both. Dude, oh, my it's goodness. It's going to be a busy year. <gasps> Excellent. None of my nieces and nephews are allowed to graduate. That's why I wasn't at Father Jesse's. One oh, of my it's nieces, graduation. right? Yeah. It's yeah. in a it's in graduation season.
1: There are two of those big like masses that I want to go to. One's an ordination. The other is a dedication of a church.
2: Uh, isn't that where they pour the oil all over the altar? That's right. The oil gets poured all over the new altar, and I think that's uh, awesome incense gets burned in uh, a brazier on the uh, on the altar, the top of the altar. Is that just an open bowl? It is. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't, see, this is, I can never be a liturgist. A brazier. A brazier. It's
1: beautiful.
0: It is beautiful. There's a word <laughs> and right. a thing for everything.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, so, well, what we want to talk about today a little bit was, um, seminary formation, right? You've got some experience, seven years of experience in the seminary. Well, six, Sit, beginning right. the seventh, You're beginning, right. the seventh. You're right. beginning the seventh. You're right. I'm sorry. But, uh, I mean, formation is such an important thing for not just for our, our priests and our seminarians, but for all of us to go through because there's a lot of different parts of it. Um, and you've had great experiences of serving different parishes during your formation. So I don't know. Like, what's been what's been awesome? What's been not so awesome <laughs> about
2: well, it all? Because, you know,
1: I, it's school th- th- at I some
2: think, point, right? Yeah. Right, right. I think one of the things that is um, – a great blessing about the modern approach to priestly formation. And by that I mean the really, really since um, the early 90s when Pope St. John Paul II issued a document to govern priestly formation called Pastores d'Abovobis, and I Will Give You Shepherds, um, which was really sort of a, an outgrowth of his reflection on the Second Vatican Council's mm-hmm. call to uh, renewal of the priesthood. And renewal of Christian theology, and also an outgrowth of his reflections on some of the uh, some of the ways that uh, things uh, went a little bit awry in the sixties and seventies. And um, nothing bad happened in the sixties and seventies. And so he um, he put together this document that presented priestly formation in a very uh, holistic and integrated way, looking at something that was more than than simply intellectual, and something that tried to make Priestly formation, uh, um, a formation of the whole man and holiness in light of a particular vocational calling. So, um,
0: I have a question about that.
2: Yes, ma'am. So you didn't raise your hand.
0: Uh, so, um, was priestly formation has it always been this long? Did it used to be shorter or longer before?
2: I don't question. know. It's it's been varying phases, varying lengths at different stages of history. And early on, I mean, really for the first long period of time until really the late medieval period and the Renaissance, we didn't see, we didn't have seminaries as we know them now. Oh, um, most parish priests were simply trained by sort of a, an apprenticeship method, and so they didn't. They weren't necessarily scholars. Right. They simply knew, you know, they might even have a minimum of education and were trained in celebration of the sacraments, may or may not have even known the Latin in which they were to celebrate the sacraments. And um, in the wake of uh, really kind of, a, it became very apparent um, sort of in the, around the time of the Council of Trent, you know, the wake of the Reformation. Um, even a little bit earlier than that, St. Charles Borromeo uh, was the pioneer of the Catholic seminary movement. He was in charge of this. And this was largely an outgrowth of, of um, the realization that priests were not being well formed. That mm-hmm. meant a number of things. It meant uh, we saw sort of a um sort of a, a, a bubble of um bad formation in morals. Uh, there was a, a lack of education that was showing up in priestly ministry. A sort of um, a malaise had overcome the priesthood, mm. and uh, Charles Borromeo um, really wanted to remedy this. Saint Charles Borromeo in the Archdiocese of Milan, and so he's the one who came up with this idea of of seminary formation that was uh, a little more holistic. And it's sort of uh, been varying years of time since um, since since that time.
0: Does it not feel so too long? Seven. It just seems like a. <laughs> Like that's a long religious communities time. do right.
2: ten or more sometimes yeah right I think the idea again is and that marriage this is, prep
0: is six months
2: right I, again I think the idea <laughs> is that this is more than a degree right, right. it's yeah. the idea is that it's a formation in character it's a formation in holiness with with an eye to a certain vocation to, to, to priestly ministry and that, that that is a work that. And, I, and I, I would hope that certainly this is the way I try to approach it is that the seven years is simply an introduction to what ought to be the rest of your life. Right. I mean, that um. this is a this is a you ought to to form the habits um, the, and the well-rounded habits. That you can take with you into your priesthood. So formation never ends, but seminary mm-hmm. formation ends. But you continue working on the the several dimensions of formation that allow you to be an integrated holy man with an eye to pastoral governance and care. Mm-hmm. So
1: so break it down for us. Like what what are the, what is the goal of seminary? Because like you say, like it's just to kind of start getting into that rhythm of life. Um, but when when a guy goes to seminary. What were you, I mean, what were you
2: expecting, and what have you found to be helpful? Um,
1: what was it like for you? Uh,
2: well, I think what most people are expecting is lots is lots of school, yeah. um, and that is tr- largely true. The vast majority of the number of years of seminary are spent, you know, doing higher-level education in philosophy and theology, but then there's a whole bunch of other things, right? And um, so, for example, we have— well. Basically, what John Paul II did with Pastoras Dabovobis and what the U.S. bishops have done in what they call the uh, program for priestly formation, which is a document designed to implement John Paul II's vision in, in American seminaries, mm-hmm. is to is to analyze formation from four different what we call dimensions, yep. and that is uh, uh, the human dimension, the spiritual dimension, the intellectual dimension. And the pastoral dimension, and so these are going to the intellectual dimension. Kind of uh, structures the basic day to day life of the seminary. But so does the spiritual dimension. Mm-hmm. You know, we're regularly participating in the sacraments, daily mass. We're regularly mm-hmm. praying the liturgy of the hours. We're expected to celebrate the sacrament of confession on a regular basis, and um, then we, of course, receive training in the other sacraments. Um, so prayer is and the, the spiritual, uh, is sort of the glue that holds all of it together, that shapes everything. Mm-hmm. Then there's, uh, of course the pastoral dimension, which is sort of the implementation of the things that we've learned for right. the care of souls. And then there's the, um, the human dimension, which has to do with becoming a bridge as an individual between, um, between other people and God, right? right, so this is cultivating the necessary skills to be able to connect with people, yeah, whether that be your personal appearance or your uh, well roundedness in kind of interests and ability to discuss a, a wide variety of topics right so right. it's uh it's multifaceted yeah, yeah, and so so the graduate program I did, the echo
1: program from Notre Dame, we also focused on these four pillars, but uh, part of the element of Human formation was the communal formation because we lived in this intentional faith community, um, which sounds nice but isn't always easy,
2: right? As you probably might know from (laughs) right, this (laughs) is certainly true. Something about family life, (laughs) yeah, for sure, right? Something about communal life is very formative because when you live and are around other people on a regular basis, it highlights uh, both. Your virtues and your vices exactly. and the virtues and the vices of others, mm-hmm. which can lead to, you know, comparison and all sorts of other such things. But yeah. it can it can really be a forum if you approach it correctly for um, for growing in virtue and eliminating vice. Yes, it, it is the great mirror. It is the great spiritual
1: mirror. like when you live in community, when you live with other people and you see how what bothers you and how you bother other people and where you exactly your virtues and vices. Like it just and it takes a lot of humility to look at what's going on in the mirror and say, I got to fix that. Or like, I don't like how this is going. Um, right. It and it, really it's a training sometimes.
2: in not just in sort of growth of, in sort of the virtues that we sort of manifest interiorly or something like that, but also in uh, virtues of what we might call political virtues. Right. Mm-hmm. Knowing when you need to call someone out trying to learn that such that you don't it's fall so into hard. groupthink, yeah. or right. you don't become complicit in something that's being done that shouldn't be being done. Right. Uh, these sorts of things that really, that really gets honed and you realize how difficult that is, but also how essential it is yeah. to, um, to guiding uh, the church and in, into greater holiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: How integral is pastoral year to, to the whole thing? Cause you know, I was thinking about what you said about um, Uh, it the beginning of when long time ago it was kind of like a you're learning by a mentor you're just kind of um, but to me I I, I can see where there are problems with that but to me it it seems like the best way to, to learn how to become a priest is to kind of see what priests do and see them on a day day-to-day basis it's kind of like whenever I was a teacher right, when right. when we were actually the the you know the semester we were in the classroom I mean without that I don't yeah. think I would have been prepared to be a teacher
2: right right no uh, the pastoral year is kind of a, a year of integration of the various pillars so it's not that we don't work on the pastoral dimension until the pastoral year. We certainly do, but we generally focus on specific pastoral skills prior to the pastoral year. So you'll have a, for example, we do a summer of intense hospital ministry, and we might be assigned to work in a prison one year. Every year we have a pastoral assignment at the seminary that we usually attend to once a week. Sometimes a little bit more than that. Or we might, have, we might have been assigned to do Sunday youth ministry or something along those lines. But in the pastoral year, you begin to see the way all of these things come together. And they intentionally wait a little while such that you have um, a fair bit of your theological formation, your intellectual formation, under your belt as well. So you're really seeing the way all of these different skills that you've been cultivating in the seminary come together. And you're also removed from the institutional context of the seminary. So it really begins uh, to see it's, it's sort of a test, if you will, in how if you're able to, to um, keep up a life of prayer without the, right. without the constant accountability of community life and that sort of thing. So it becomes a way to, to, to see areas that you need to continue to work on, areas that you've become quite strong in. Um, and, and part of that is the parishioners. Uh, provide you with feedback on various things, and so that becomes uh, an integral part.
0: Feedback. That's such a nice way of putting it.
2: That's right. Yes. It's, it's that, <laughs> that, that, that's the. Uh, that's the, I, the.
0: That's a PC way of saying. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I have a question about discernment. So. Sure. Um, in seminary, how do they um, how do they encourage or make sure that guys are making sure that they uh, are on the right path to the vocation to priesthood? Are there right. like things set in so you can tell like, oh, wait a second, this is, I am, I thought I was called to be a priest, but I really.
2: Right. It's, uh, its there aren't really any, well, there are some black and white answers on those sorts of same things, some, some clear cut answers. Um, you know, for example, if one is, you know, breaking all sorts of rules and these sorts of things. That's going to be, you know, if it looks like you're you're you know you're rebellious or whatever. That's going to be those are some obvious obvious sort of things. But other than that, it's it's very cumulative, right? So the faculty at the seminary are looking at all sorts of different things, and there are many different ways that they evaluate your progress and your ability to successfully um, conduct the duties and the life of the priest. So you know they'll look at they'll the you meet with priests on a regular basis at the seminary, and they'll ask all sorts of questions about your own progress and ask you to sort of assess your own progress and uh your own suitability for priestly ministry. The priests who you're living with are also sort of taking note of these sorts of things, everything from you know how you conduct yourself at the supper table, to how your classes are going, to are you showing up to things, to so you're just constantly evaluated, right? And you try not to, you try not to think about that because right. that that creates sort of a false atmosphere, exactly, yeah, right, yeah. But nonetheless, that has to be the case, right? Because they're looking at is this a is this person not just is this person's intellectual ability suitable for priesthood, but is this person capable of of doing priestly work
0: that has got to be such a huge undertaking Mm -hmm. to at the end decide or to be a part of because i mean uh you don't want to send a guy out in the world who really isn't called to be a priest but also you don't want to accident i i mean that just seems to me like a grave responsibility right. there. It
2: is. And I would suspect that the work of uh, priestly formation is a very, very, um, uh, it's a, it's a very difficult calling. Uh, and it's a, it's a challenging calling and it's a weighty calling, yeah. but one that's necessary. Certainly. Right. Certainly.
1: Yeah. Cause you've got to be a good judge of character, but also you have to be open enough to the Holy spirit and say, you know, like that, the right guys will come and that, you know, when, when guys, if they understand that, hey, this is not where I'm supposed to be, that they'll have the courage to, to say that because I'm sure that's a really hard thing to do, right? You know, I'm. Sh- I mean, I'm sure you've known guys and have had friends who have tried it out and left, and there's no shame in it. Um, it's actually it's better for the church, I think. It's right. good for the church for sure. It's brave. It's sure. very brave. It's right. courageous. It's vulnerable. It's, yes, mm.
0: oh, maybe not. <laughs> Let's not go. Let's not get so crazy.
1: So, for what has been the most eye-opening or most significant part of your formation
2: for you? Eye-opening or significant? Um, well, one of the most, two of the most eye-opening have been particular aspects of the pastoral formation. So like I said, the you know when you go on the pastoral year, or a summer, summer parish experience like I've been doing here at St. Louis, yeah. you sort of get a taste of the whole. And that's, for the diocesan priest, that's kind of what you ought to, fall in love with is 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 doing a little bit of all of all of the things that a priest does Um, but two of the more challenging and eye-opening experiences were the summer I was working at the hospital so Mm -hmm. I was um, ministering a lot to um, grieving families and to those who were dying Mm -hmm. And then also the summer that I spent a couple of weeks in Honduras ministering in some very impoverished communities up in the mountains who yeah. did not receive the sacraments on a regular basis, uh, did not see clergy on a regular basis. That was what
1: Will was talking to yeah. us about.
2: That's right. Seminary and Will did s- uh, very similar work this summer. So those t- those two things really impact one's formation, being around death and dying and being around a sort of radical poverty. Mm. And um, they... I think for me the way they were eye opening is that they put a lot of things into perspective, right? I mean, you start to you really start to assess priorities mm. when um when you're interacting with someone who's near death or when you're interacting with someone who literally lives day by day. Right. Um
0: wow. So, tell us what we so he, I have never, I never really paid attention to seminarians. We would come to, <laughs> no, no, so when early, early. How kind early, of you. It, How good well, <laughs> of you all. It was very PC of you. Early, early in my adulthood and even early in my family life, when as a parish we would pray for seminarians, that was never, it was never a reality for me who these, people were at, I would say not until my good friend, uh, father Jonathan Raya entered the seminary and even became anything to think about. Um, and, but now, no, seriously. So now that I know so many good holy priests and, um, have been able to interact with, uh, guys like you as your walking that road, it becomes a whole lot more uh, important to me to know how to best support um, you guys during this time. So what would you say? What's a what's a good thing to do? Right. You know?
2: That's a good question. Um, and th- I mean, this is one of the things that becomes very important on, on a pastoral year or when you have a seminarian during the summer or something like that. But even just if you if there are seminarians from your parish or something like that, that are really, that this is really important. And so several things, I mean, the the obvious one is prayer, of course, that, that I I heard a, a, a priest of this diocese give a very good homily a number of years ago on, um, uh, he was, he was saying that he didn't think we often were serious in our prayers for vocations, that it was just sort of something we sort of, we routinely did unaware of the grave need, or at least, um, sort of, overlooking the grave need. So I think that's more important than we often we often realize. Um, but and this is uh, this is, I mean sort of interesting to say perhaps, but I do really think it's important that parishioners give feedback um, to seminarians on on their progress and I mean that in a number of ways, both by way of encouragement, thank you for doing thank you for considering this thank you for for discerning whether or not this might be what God is calling you to do with your life and that's especially important early on if a you know someone is a man is early on in seminary might still be doubting whether or not he should have even gone in the first place right. to hear that kind of encouragement mm-hmm. can be um uh can be factored into his sort of is God calling me to do this well right yeah um and so encouragement of course uh, but also um especially as a, as a man goes further along in formation, um, feedback maybe on, maybe on a way that he's, um, struggling to connect with the parish or an aspect of his ministry that something he could work on, mm-hmm. uh, something right. along those lines. And if, and if the man is really dedicated to, to becoming a good priest, that's something that may be hard to hear, but he'll take seriously.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think you can do that when you've, built a relationship exactly so if you if you are encouraging after you know if you take time to know the person um and also if you're if you have a some advice i think it's it's for anybody
1: yeah that's the best place for correction right because
2: because in in many ways accountability begins there right i mean this is the this is what's really you know it's, it's just really important in the work of priestly formation that's right that's right
0: it's been awesome to have you here this summer. It went really fast. It did go very fast. It went real fast. I yeah. had heard many, many great things about Deacon Henry did before he, meet he expectations? Uh, exceeded. 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 Absolutely, they were all correct.
2: Oh, very, very kind of you all. Thank you. It's been a great summer. It's been fantastic. And uh, I never heard you preach, but I can listen to you on the homilies I that we've listened recorded.
0: To it last night, the one that he, he, he was right. Father James mm-hmm. said it was crushed it. He crushed it. It was crushed really, it, and you know what I was gonna tell you. I was, I mean, you know that phrase. He took him to church. Yeah. Uh, he, you took him to church, and <laughs> and I like, I like that. Um, I like that. Um, I like the way that you were serious about what you were saying, and and not really. Uh, you didn't really mince words so much. And sometimes we, the flock. It's just like,
1: yeah, I don't. Yeah.
0: The <laughs> don't flock kind that. of needs uh, sometimes to be rattled a little bit. And it was good.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. If you didn't know, you can listen to all of our homilies online. Just check out our Facebook page when they're there. Yes. Shameless plug yes. for everything we do here. Media, always. Very good. Well, Deacon Henry, thank you so much for sitting with us. We're going to miss you big time. Thank you all very much. Well, it's see been you in great December, to be here. Though. That's right. I'll be here for Christmas. And then easter that's right and then priesthood uh, we'll be praying for you for sure because we need awesome priests and all you out there please pray for us and pray for deacon henry as he finishes formation we love you and we're praying for you uh
0: if you uh you liked find? this episode or any of our episodes we would love it if you would like and subscribe and share and share with your friends and uh it's really important to go be church
1: Wow! You mix it up.
0: Go beach or for else.